Before we get started with this week's show, I just wanted to say thank you. Uh, so many of you reached out last week when the show hit episode 200 that I just wanted to say thank you for that. I really do appreciate it. Um, you all have played a part in all of this as well. So I just wanted to reiterate that. And uh, partially because this week is Thanksgiving and I'm very thankful to have uh, so many people listen to this show and support this show uh, from all around the world, not just America, not just the UK, but uh, from Australia and, and Canada and uh, you know France and places in South America and Africa and uh, China. Uh, so thank you to, to all of you who do support the show. As the holiday season comes, I hope that you enjoy it, even though it is you know, very much different from uh, how we would all like it to be. But um, I hope that you all enjoy your time and I hope that you enjoy Thanksgiving because, um, you know, maybe you can't see your family, but the food is still going to be good. Not that it's all about food, but it definitely is about a large part of it is. So uh, anyway, let's get to this week's show. Um, also, I made a mistake in the intro. Uh, when I introduced this week's guest, Richard Carmen. I said several times that we we beat wolves and we didn't beat wolves. And um, I'm just getting out in front of that now. So uh, anyway, on with the show. You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. <laughs> To have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Okay, with the we don't lose a match, either we win or we learn. And today we learn. Adacha, It's in field to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside, 1 0. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans, available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markstone. I am the host of the show. And no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. And based on last night's performance, I think the show will be enjoyable just simply because Saints managed a point away at Wolves. Could we have gotten more? Potentially. Did we miss some chances? Yes. Was Alex McCarthy absolutely crucial in uh, making sure that we actually preserved a point? Absolutely. Uh, so I'm going to talk about all that this week with Richard Carmen. Uh, Richard, or, you know, I just easier to refer to him as Carmen, um, only because that's how uh, the mutual friend that we have, uh, Stephen, that's how he refers to him all the time. So uh, I'm going to go with that. Carmen uh, hosts a podcast called Syria Sit Down. So if you're at all interested in Syria or know somebody who is, uh, that is a podcast that is uh, well-received. Um, he also hosts a podcast about Schalke, Schalke America. Uh, so if you are English-speaking and enjoy Schalke, uh, I have some advice about podcasting about a team that is doing very, very poorly. So, um, you know, we did this show for you know, the last four years. Uh, we weren't good for all of it. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. If you sense something a little bit different, I haven't actually spoken to him yet. So um, this is being recorded kind of 
directly after the game. I uh, had a couple of audio issues today. I think, you know, if you're hearing this, that means the show came out. Uh, but the show was very much uh, in danger of not coming out. Episode 201 was almost uh, not happening because of some of the things that were going on. But anyway, we are here. We're going to talk to Richard now, talk to Carmen now, however you want to call him. He's at R underscore Carmen on Twitter and Instagram, so you can follow him there. Uh, links to Shock America and the Serious Sit Down are all in the show notes. So if you're interested in those, great. Um, but you know what? We're going to talk about Saints mostly because that is why we are here. We'll also probably cover uh, Romeo's contract and uh, fans potentially being back in the stands, even though both Carmen and I live in the United States. So uh, anyway, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for the support and the shout outs and the, the love everybody sent for episode 200. I really do appreciate it. I'm glad to be doing it this week again and uh, glad we have some good football to talk about, even if uh, maybe we got a little bit lucky. But that is enough of this. I will talk to you on the other side. I'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Richard Carmen. You can find him on Twitter and Instagram at R underscore Carmen. You can get his voice across a, a plethora of platforms, uh, talking about all kinds of stuff from, from Serie A to um, the Bundesliga. Um, Richard, welcome back. And uh, it's, been, it's been a long time. And I guess if we play on a weekday and we win, I should just talk to you. So maybe I, we should just talk to you every time we play on a weekday because uh we're <laughs> we're two and zero at this point yeah right uh we should do that we should do more often i was gonna say that uh i come on as often as teal walcott sports for Sam southampton but then i was like nah i've been i've been on more recently he has 15 years it's been a long time for him so <laughs> i'm glad to be back man yeah yeah because last time it was it was swansea it was the the immediate reaction after after gabby yeah. dini scored um hotel gate all of that stuff um and then, and then tonight, just having the game move to, uh, to Monday night makes it, I mean, kind of nice, but also kind of a rush to, to get it all done. But here we are on Monday evening, um, getting to talk about a draw. Oh, so I guess it wasn't a win. That whole intro should just go. Because we, um, we, we didn't win. Lose, I felt like a win, I guess, even though, um, I don't know, even though I, I guess that towards the end of it, I was just kind of <laughs> glad we held on. But, but we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about all of that. So it's been a little while since you've been on the show. So for people maybe who picked the show up recently, uh, let's talk about some of the stuff that, that you do. Uh, you do two podcasts, uh, at least. <laughs> uh, one being one being Syria Sit Down. And can you just kind of fill me in on your kind of love of, of Syria and, and why you chose to, to do that show and like what the format of that show is? Yeah, so uh, yeah, Syria Sit Down is my oldest podcast that I have. Uh, not quite as old as your show. Uh, we've been we're in our fifth season now. We're about episode one, well, just about 170 right now. So we're we're just behind you. Uh, but yeah, um, my love for Serie A has been since uh, the beginning. Really, that's really the first league I I, I kind of fell in love with. Uh, AC Milan um, started following them and started watching Serie A, and I love everything about Italy as well. And so I kind of um, you know just been a fan for for a long time of the league. And you know uh, probably you know five years ago, just just over five years ago. I was thinking, you know, I was like, you know what, uh, I kind of want to talk about it a little bit. And um, I had just joined this writer's group uh, called World Football Index. And a buddy of mine was on there as well. And he's like, hey, you want to do a podcast? And we've known each other for a long time. We're both Milan fans. And we're like, yeah, let's do a podcast. And uh, we kind of ran with it. Uh, we call it um, a, uh, a recap show on steroids. And so we literally talk every game every weekend and go in-depth into all the games and, you know, how they went and this and that. Uh, so we're very in-depth on all the teams. We don't just, you know, just say, hey, the score was this to this and move on. We, we really talk about each of the games. So 
It takes a while. I mean, the, 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 our podcast will run anywhere from an hour to two hours long. Uh, the average is about an hour and a half. So, um, yeah, we get nice and in-depth. We talk about the national, Italian national team. Uh, it's mostly just the, the Italian teams uh, in Syria and when they play in Europe as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty fun. Um, we get to have guests from all different teams, keep it fresh, keep it lively. Yeah, we even got a, a YouTube page where we live stream the, the podcast and then we throw up other videos as well. Uh, but yeah, it's been going five years now and uh, five years strong, really. So uh, it's been a, it's an amazing ride and I, I'm sure, you know, you can attest to the, the length of time of doing podcasts, you know, how uh, it's, a, it's a labor of love. Absolutely. No absolutely. About it. Um, and I mean, for you to, I don't know how you do that because it takes hmm. all of my energy to be able to do a show about one team. And the first thing that happens when I get asked to be a guest on somebody else's show and it's like an opposition preview or something. And they're like, well, you know, how do you think Saints will attack us? And I was like, well, I can tell you what Saints are going to do because they do one thing. Um, but <laughs> if you want for me to pick apart your team, like I don't have, I don't have the knowledge. Like I'm not going to pretend to do that. So for you to sit there and talk about every single match, um, yeah. that, that's, it's, it's impressive. And then on top of that, you also do Shock America, which is, I think the only English language pod dedicated to, uh, the Schalke. So you've been doing that a while as well. And, you know, while Syria sit down, you know, things are, things are quite nice. It, Italy's interesting and AC Milan's doing okay. Right. They're not, they're not, I don't, I don't pay attention to Syria. Yeah. That top much, of the table. They're top of the table now. Yeah. So, so you'll take that. Um, Shock America though. Um, how, how is that going? Well, <laughs> it's, uh, as a Saints fan, you you understand how how it, how it can be to podcast about a team that doesn't win that often. Um, and you know, both Jack and I, we've been doing this podcast for about four years for Shock America. Uh, you know, we were we're the unofficial podcast of the club. We 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 work with the club a lot. Um, you know, chatting up ideas, and and we have had players come on and stuff like that. So um, it's been fun in that regard. But we've joined the team, we've joined the podcast realm at the worst absolute time because the team's been pretty bad over the last four years uh, they had one good season where they finished second but you know every, the other three seasons they finished you know on near the bottom uh, and this year they're looking at they're at the very bottom this year so it's not been fun from that respect but it's been it's been interesting you know there's still so much passion with the club with the fans as like with the Saints fans even if you're losing you still got that passion there and you know just trying to find something each week to talk about other than well we lost again you know so it's been tricky it's been tricky. Yeah. Well, I, I did write in the, uh, in, in the kind of the running order here, like, you know, how to podcast when your team is, pardon my language, but um, it's it, because I have some history. I mean, when I started doing this show, it was Puel's first season. Um, and we were kind of in this downward spiral. We were talking about kind of just really boring football and then, yep. you know, getting knocked out of, of Europe, getting knocked out of cup competitions. Um, losing the the cup final which still was was a was a good day but but losing nonetheless and then the the seasons after that i mean the team was just awful and and not fun to talk about not fun to watch and it did at times get really really hard to to talk about so yeah i guess um how i got through it is just getting getting to ask the same questions it was a little bit cathartic but i had uh you know different perspectives come on because everybody that that came on the show tended to have at least something they were looking forward to. So I know you have a co-host, uh, but yeah. uh, mix it up every once in a while with a guest and, and you'll be, you'll be happy. And I know you do that because, um, Dave Lee, one of the patrons of the show has been on, on your show. And, um, we did watch a, uh, 
a Shaka game last last year together via Zoom, and um, we we call him the American Outlaw because okay. he is uh, in charge of the American Outlaws out west. So uh-huh. yeah, no, I know Dave Lee very well. Yeah. Yeah, Dave's great. And I felt bad because we were like, oh, let's watch the game. And then it was just like, uh, sorry, Dave, this isn't going well. And um, <laughs> Can I change the channel? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. As I, I could just mute my mine and like start watching something else and just watch his reaction and know what was happening. So, uh, you know, it's all right. But, um, but yeah, so, I mean, if, if anyone wants to check those out, um, all the links to those things are, are in the show notes of El Shock America, Syria, Sit Down, uh, and, and all of that. So if people have uh, other rooting interests, you know, they can, they can, they can do that. And if they decide after this, that they don't like either one of us, they can just go root against Schalke. Um, and that'll be all right. <laughs> um, right. anyway, so let's talk a little bit about saints and we had the longest break of all time. It seemed like, um, a lot of players, you know, so congratulations to Stuart Armstrong who did manage to, to qualify for, uh, the euros. That's great. Um, but you know, coming back, it was a little bit of a, a of time to wait, but it did give me a nice free weekend. I don't know what you did. You probably watched Syria and had to deal with all that stuff, so you didn't probably have a free weekend. But um, I did. It was kind of nice. And then mm-hmm. coming back on, on a Monday night, rough game, um, but but some things happened uh, since I guess since the last show. So we'll uh, briefly touch on on Romeo's new contract extension. Uh, so now he's going to be here for two and a half seasons, and you know, kind of was player of the season under under Puel, I believe. Uh, was mm-hmm. a big part of the team, and then kind of dis- not disappeared, but but kind of took a back seat as Ward Prowse and, and Hoiberg became more involved in the midfield. Uh, and now he's back. So I mean, for you, you know, do you think it's important that we locked him in for another two and a half seasons? Yeah, you know, as, as long as I've been following the Saints, and I've been following the Saints ever since they got promoted back to the to the Premier League, uh, they've been my team. And uh, you know, just following, especially when he first joined the club, what was it 2015, 2016? Um, He's a, he, the type of player he is. Exactly what you know what the Saints need, and uh, the fans are drawn to this type of player. I mean, he just gets his all all the time in the midfield, and he's a pretty good player to boot. Um, and you know, the Saints have always had very, uh, fairly young squads, uh, and it's good to keep veterans around who've been around that that fans love, the players love, um, coaches love as well. Like you said, he was player of the season uh, back when when Puyol was here, and uh, and Hassan Hudel, he loves him, and uh, I think having that two year extension is is fantastic. I mean, he's 29 years old. Um, again, he's getting up there in age, but um, you know he's still he's still very serviceable. Uh, Hoiberg is now gone, so you know him and uh, R- Romeo and uh, Ward Prowse now you know Boston at midfield. Um, I think they perfectly complement each other, um, and it's it's fantastic that he's here for you know two more two and a half more years, and uh, it's going to serve the team very well. Especially you know this year they're playing quite well, much more than in the past you know several years. So uh, having someone like him to just keep keep everyone level headed, um, I think is is important to to I mean times a million. This this is exactly the kind of player you need to have in the locker room. Yeah, and and I think my thoughts on it are, are are along the same lines. He he's a very good player in his own right. He has changed his game a little bit. He's a little quicker on the ball now than he was. Uh, Surprising, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like he he, you know, I don't know. He he you he was a little ponderous early on in Hassan Hudel's tenure, and he did he he seemed to always get caught. And and then have to lunge in for a challenge or bring somebody down, and that was that's where some of the yellow cards came from. But he enjoys a yellow card anyway. Didn't he didn't pick one up today, uh, which I thought there was at least two. I think two instances where he, he probably should have. Mm-hmm. But um, okay, he he didn't, so we'll, we'll take it. But um, you know, he he is a good player. He's he played at Barcelona at the academy. He played for Chelsea. 
Um, he's not a slouch. And so to have him come in and, and just kind of get a run in the, in the team, I think is great. But more importantly, to be the the kind of senior figure for Diallo to look at, for maybe Smallbone to look at, uh, for War Prowse to, you know, even the War Prowse, they have to be able to bounce ideas off of and, and just have an equal there to to kind of learn from um, and challenge you. I think that's, I think that's great. Uh, he's getting forward a little bit more. Uh, he seems to be playing a, a bit more advanced in in this season than he has, and I think it's just part of the system because we have to we have to get guys forward. But um, I think he's found a, he's found a role, and I don't really see a reason to to, to move him on. And you know, I, I like Diallo coming on late, but he came on for Armstrong. He didn't come on for uh, for for Romeu. So I think that's uh, something to watch because I, although I think Diallo will eventually slot in in the middle there. Um, for now, that's Romeo's job to to sit next to Ward Prowse. So we'll we'll have to kind of watch that along. And I'm I'm pretty happy with it, honestly. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about before is is on Monday the UK government announced that uh, they're potentially going to be allowing fans back in the stadium starting December second, I believe, and that'll be kind of rolling out depending on um, what the coronavirus cases look like in, in a given area. Um, but I believe in in Germany and and I think in Italy as well. Fans are starting to come back in limited capacity. Is that is that correct? Yeah. So uh, really, you know, Germany has really been the leader in, in all of this in Europe, especially in Europe, but also around the world about how to bring back fans and stuff. And the way they did it uh, with the last season is, you know, they started out no fans, and then this season, depending on what your region was and how bad the cases were, some some uh, games would a lot of have fans, other wouldn't. So I know I remember a game, actually first game of the season, it was a. Uh, Bayern hosting Schalke and Bayern weren't allowed to have fans because it was really bad in the Munich area. Uh, but you know they started every I think every team pretty much had had um, players allowed to come back to a, or fans come back to like a, even a small number three thousand five thousand something like what they're proposing in the UK. Um, but recently they actually you know with the cases going back up they actually going to close the stadiums once again. Uh, Italy. They just recently opened up the stadiums to the fans and uh, at present they're going to keep it I think but. I, I feel like I heard a rumor this weekend that they were going to close them all to the fans again. So while they were open, they're actually going, now they're reverting back. And that's why I'm, I'm kind of confused with what I'm hearing coming out of the UK. Cause I thought the UK was pretty bad if I didn't, if I'm not here mistaken. Yeah. I mean, entering a lockdown and then also announcing you're going to let fans in in two weeks is, is <laughs> yeah. a little bit uh, weird, but yeah. um, obviously in the United States, I think I want to say the DC area uh, where, where you live, you, things are going okay. Um, but in California, you know, things are not going well. And a lot, a lot of places around the country, things aren't going well. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the proposal is 4,000 fans if your region is in tier one, 2,000 fans if you're in uh, tier two, and no fans allowed if you're in tier three. Um, but I guess, have you seen it have a, an, an impact on, on the play and on the games or, or is 4,000 fans or 5,000 fans in a stadium that holds 32 or, or, or you know, 40,000 or maybe only 20,000, you know, it looks a, a lot more like a Houston Dynamo game than it does a Serie A match. I think, I think it does make an impact and, it's, and it really depends on the team. You know, so if there are teams that historically have, you know, great fan bases that sing and stuff like that, you do miss it when they're not there. And, and um, I remember there was a, a Serie A game where they let in only a couple thousand fans, but they were the ultras that came in and they were singing and you could hear on TV and it was amazing. And the players feed off that kind of stuff. Uh, and then teams like, you know, I'll talk about Schalke because I have a Schalke podcast. They, they thrive, the team thrives on the, on the fans. And, you know, when they, when they play poor, 
they, they feed off the crowd to get better in the games, and they don't have that now, and they're really struggling because of that. And I've seen a lot of teams uh, the same way. We, you know, even in the game today, they're talking about the Wolves. If they had the fans there, it would have helped them uh, add a little bit more energy into the game. Um, having not having the fans there, especially those teams that you know live on that, like you know, uh, even Liverpool and some of these other bigger clubs that you know live on kind of um, reaction, it hurts them to an extent. Now, granted, they're all they're professional football players, and they should. Uh, be able to play through it, but you need a little bit extra sometimes, especially when it's a big game or a game that needs a little extra kick uh, to have the crowd in there. Uh, so it will help in that that regards. But again, it's it's with the current climate. I don't know if it's a, it's the right move, but um, eh, we're not the decision makers, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen any kind of live sport. Uh, I think it was high school volleyball was the last sport I was at. Maybe basketball. Um, <laughs> and yeah, but it's. Uh, you know, we're we're not doing Thanksgiving. I assume you're you're probably not doing uh, correct m- yeah. much of it. It's uh, it's just it doesn't feel like the right thing to do. But as long as this is happening safely, then I'm all for it because I think we all want fans back. We want life to look a little bit more normal. Um, oh, yeah. I guess my priority is just that everybody be safe. So uh, I am hopeful um, and excited, but I just I just hope everybody. Uh, they go about it the right way, I guess. Uh, I think if they if they go up the model like you see as you saw in the Bundesliga or in Germany, I should say, um, it could work. It could work because it did work there for for a, for a little bit. Uh, if, they, if they take the model that's happening here in the United States, it's not going to work because we've seen no social distancing in the stadiums here. Uh, and so, yeah, it really depends on how 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 the how they actually plan about this. And if they go about it safe, great. I mean, I'm all for fans in the in the in the stadium, but like you. I, I'm, I'm all about safety first and, uh, you know, taking people's lives is more important to me right now. Just, uh, keeping people safe, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Now it is always weird to see the, uh, you know, the USL championship games, uh, which is the second division in the U S um, you know, tune in to watch <laughs> yeah. the playoffs and, you know, jammed at one end behind the goal is, is, yep. is every fan in the stadium when there's definitely plenty of room for all of them to be there. Cause there's only 2000 people there total anyway. Um, but they're all jammed up behind the goal. So, uh, well, let me ask you a question real quick. Let me ask yeah. you a question real yeah. quick. But since we're talking about fans, what is your what is your opinion of the of the sound that they bring into the to the TV feed? Do you like it or are you against it? Because I'm not. I I thought it'd be a great idea at the beginning, but I don't really don't like it. I don't like it uh, as okay. much. It doesn't bother me. Like I I, I can't like go. I'm gonna mute it. Um, but right, I really right. wish I could just hear more. Of, I want to hear the coaches. I want to hear the players. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, That's, that's the one unique benefit that we want to, I kind of want to hear now is like how what the players are saying. Are they talking? Uh, and then you get the noise in the background. Like, all right, calm down a little bit. I want to hear the players. I will say that I think the job that NBC is doing for, for the Premier League coverage here is better than what yes. people are getting elsewhere. Um, because I know there were times as well that they used to, I think Fox used to put fake sound, crowd noise in, just kind of humming along anyway. And that was never very good because there were actually fans there. They just wanted to sound, you know, better. Um, and I think the Premier League is doing a great job. I mean, the sounds are all on. They don't they don't press the wrong button, you know, if you if whatever. But it's just not it's just not the same. And I really just want to hear Ralph yell at the players. That's what I want to hear. So yeah, uh, it's taking it's taking me out of that. So that's, that's okay. Um, but I mean, Saints did manage a point today, and I want to correct myself for the long rambling intro I gave you. Uh, where I said that you only come on when we win because it didn't happen. But Saints did uh, end the week in fifth place, uh, still unbeaten in, in their last five, uh, which, is, which is obviously nice to see. Um, and I guess if, you, if you're going to go away to Wolves and, and you're going to get a point, I think you're going to take it 
uh, that's not an easy team to, to, to play. They, they have attacking talent. They showed that today. Uh, I think McCarthy had to come up big, but um, you know, I, I guess we should talk just briefly about Saints form and kind of having gone through the last four seasons of us kind of not being great and kind of staying up and late in the season and then having a little bit of a resurgence last season, you know, how much have you enjoyed just watching the team this year? And what do you, what have you made of the, of the form of the team uh, under Hassan Hoodle so far this season? Yeah. I mean, I think I've really just enjoyed watching the team since Hassan Hoodle has been there. Um, and Danny Ang has been amazing for, for, for the club. Uh, and then this season in particular, you know, they're, they're playing against these big clubs so far and, and going toe to toe and taking points from them. And I'm like, this is amazing. I'm like, I'm not used to this. I mean, I could get used to it easily. Uh, but <laughs> it's just so fun to watch the players get up for these games. Um, and, you know, I think Hassan Hoodle is doing a fantastic job of, you know, getting the boys up, getting the tactic right uh, every game, mostly every, mostly every game. And, um, you know, it's, every week is, is, a, is a struggle in, in, in the Premier League. I mean, there's so many good clubs. Uh, so, many players, so many clubs with money that you got to worry about. I mean, you got you know Man City that's sitting in 13th place. I mean, it's it's a pretty deep league with you know uh, how good these clubs are right now. And um, the job that you know the team is doing, uh, Ward Prowse is a captain now, and he's just bossing that midfield as always. Uh, but you know, Ings is still doing you know Ings is still doing fantastic stuff, and every guy is just stepping up and playing even better. And like I said, Romeo's now got a contract extension. He's playing really well now, and it's just so fun to watch. I'm like. This is something that we've been longing for for the longest time, right? And yeah. now I finally see, we're like, okay, thank goodness. Let's keep it going, boys. Keep it going. Yeah, I mean, because when we spoke around the Swansea game last time, it was kind of one of those things where we're like, we're, we, we got off. We're lucky. We're here, you know? Now, can we move forward? And we didn't. And we just kind of were staying in the same place and dealing with the same things yeah. kind of, I don't want to say year after year, but it was definitely week after week, and we just weren't progressing. And since Ralph has come in, the the progression in so many of the players has been so good. The the way that they've moved forward and I, I think it's just been it's been phenomenal and I can't I can't express how how I think how great it is to to finally see the team play the way that you knew they could when they were under Pochettino and under Kuman and, and yeah. in all of the seasons before that when they were coming up, getting promoted back through the leagues and into the Premier League, the way that the team played then and to see that kind of to see the system kind of go all the way through the club now, I think is is something that I'm really I'm, I'm really enjoying, and I and I think um, you know you'll probably have you know a little bit of history with with Hassan Hudel being in Germany. Um, yeah, you know, you could probably see what just how deadly that Red Bull team can be or that RB team could be, I should say. Uh, I know it's not Red Bull. Don't yell at me. Um, but <laughs> it's uh, you know it's it's been it's been it's been wonderful to watch, and it's nice to hear that that other people. I, I think it's pretty you know. I think it's pretty much all of us feel that way, which is, is nice because usually um, fans can't agree on anything. And this is definitely, you know, <laughs> exactly. Ralph Hassan Hoodle good. I think we all, we're all there. So it's kind of nice. I think, I think every fan I've talked, I'm in a, I'm in a football group in, on Facebook. I know, I'm still using Facebook, but um, uh, there's, lot, there's teams, there's fans from all kinds of teams all over the league. And, and the one thing we all agree upon is that Hassan Hoodle is doing a fantastic job. You know, and that's nice to hear. From some of your rivals too, they're like, yeah, Hospital's doing a fantastic job. He's, you know, he should be up for man of the year at, at this point. So, it's, that's nice to hear. That you know, it's the one thing we can all get behind, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah, not masks or social distancing, but Hassan Hoodle good. Hassan so <laughs> there we go. Um, anyway, let's, let's talk about about the draw at Wolves. Um, you know, one one in a game where I'll, I'll just say from the start, I felt like we were we had the better of the possession. 
but we weren't creating anything, which sounds familiar. I feel like yeah. I've said that, uh, uh, you know, a lot over the past couple of years. Um, but we looked comfortable and then, you know, we do score and then Wolves just kind of said, okay, well now McCarthy is going to have to be the man of the match, right? Because mm-hmm. he, they just yeah. came back and kind of went after it. I don't like when I go to who scored after the game and I click on it and under strengths for Southampton, it says this team had no significant strengths. Like that's never a good <laughs> feeling. Um, but no, that is no. definitely what it said today. And I'm not sure that's fair because it's just, you know, nobody's writing that. This is this drawing stuff up. Um, but, but I guess let's, let's start with the lineup because I think there are, I really think there's only one spot up for grabs at this point. And that is the left kind of, uh, you know, advanced midfield or attacking midfield position. And Redmond, as far as I know, I didn't see anything about him being injured, but Redmond not in the squad at all. Janebo gets yeah, the start. What, uh, you know, what did you make of that? Yeah, I, I found that very odd as well because, you know, like you said, he, he wasn't even in the lineup or on, on the bench. And you're like, okay, what's going on there? Uh, so I was curious to see how the Jennifer would do in this game. I thought he did, he did okay. Um, he had some moments where he looked really, you know, was lively and, and, and made some nice passes. And other times it looked like he was falling out of the game. But um, it's certainly, I think, a position that's still up for grabs. I mean, I, I, on his day, Redmond is a fantastic player. Um, and I, do I think the Jennifer can do that? Sure. Um, it's, it's all about consistency. Who can be the most consistent? And I think that's what, what that's going to be what's the best for the club. Um, but I, in, in this game, you know, you know, he did okay. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't super impressed with him. He, I mean, he did the job, right? He didn't get, he didn't get torched all game long, which is, you know, it's never a good sign of stuff that happens. So at least he held his own there. So, um, you know, overall a, de- a decent day for him. Yeah. Uh, my, my biggest criticism of Geneva is he's just not strong enough. He's not as strong as I would like him to be. Yeah. Um, he's elusive. He is, um, kind of, he's unpredictable and that can be both good and bad. There was a time today at some point he just dummied the ball and the ball just ran by Bertrand because Bertrand was totally expecting to take it. <laughs> and it's like, well, that's, that's what Geneva was going to, to give you is because everybody thought he was going to take the ball probably because he should have. But, um, there, there were also a couple of times where, uh, he came up against Semedo and Semedo just kind of brushed him off. And yeah, yeah. And there, I, I would like something a little bit more from him there, but he's young. Um, he's, he's very like long and gangly and, and it, it's going to take time for him to do that. If he, do, if he bulks up a little bit, which, you know, is not for me to tell anybody to bulk up, uh, if you <laughs> see me try to run. So, um, it's not, it's not worth it. Um, but I was, I was looking at, at Wolves lineup today and, and thinking, you know, their, most of their attacking talent is there. Um, they have Traore there, which is the type of player that causes us trouble. Um, there were a couple of times where he did get by Bertrand, uh, yeah. but I thought we did a pretty good job of just leaving tackles in on him. I thought Vestergaard took a couple shots, Bertrand, uh, Romeo as well. Uh, Janepo tried, but of course got brushed aside because that's what happens. But um, that's, a, that's a credible Hulk too, so it's hard to yeah. push him off, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't want to get in the way if he's going full speed. Yeah, no, um, no way. And I don't know, I, so I, I guess... Was there anybody on the pitch, just from an overall kind of point of view, uh, aside from McCarthy, will come to him that that really you, you thought had an outstanding game? Because I'm trying to think about it, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure that I could pick anybody out that really maybe had a, a fantastic game uh, today. Yeah, uh, I, I can't think of anyone in particular. I mean, if it was anyone, maybe it would have been you know Romeo or, or Ward Prowse, maybe. But um, I really, no. Nah, I mean, it's a, it was a pretty average game for most of the guys, really. Um, 
and then Jumpo being one of them where he was, you know, at times getting brushed aside by guys like Nelson Samedo, who really isn't a big guy uh, to get pushed, pushed around by him, you know, uh, not always a good look, but uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was okay from the guys, you know, it's just always going to be a chess match because Wolves have always been a, a big team and, and they're a team that many people look high upon, you know, reaching a European spot this year. And so, you know, I always knew it was going to be the tough game with this because uh, they got a great manager and they got some really good players on that team. So uh, trying to find a way to, to make it um, neutralized as best as possible is what Southampton would have wanted to do. And I think they did that fairly well. Yeah. Going away from home, things are always going to be difficult. But Saints came out and I kind of just watching the opening 15, 20 minutes didn't really realize like, hey, we're on the road here. You know, like yeah. we, we yeah. were the team um, just playing our game and it didn't matter that we're on the road. It doesn't matter where we're at. And Wolves, I don't want to say I had a hard time coping, but Wolves were, were having a hard time getting a foot in the game and really establishing themselves. And I think that's something that, that Ralph has done uh, recently, is especially as Saints just go out and play their game. They don't constantly, I mean, they make adjustments, but they don't change their entire game plan. They don't have to play a, a third center back because the other team is, is going to, to you know be attacking more. We don't have to play a different formation all the time. And so I think all of that stuff really shows how far Ralph has brought the, the, the guys. Oh yeah. No, it's, uh, this is, I'm glad that Ralph's doing this now. Um, cause you know, a sign of a good team is a team saying, you know what, we're going to play our game no matter what, this is what we are. This is how we play. This is how we play. This is how we play well. Um, the, the, the managers who tinkered too much will often get it wrong and, you know, trying to match up with different opponents. Well, sometimes it can work. And if you got the, you have the pieces to be able to do that, depth to do it, great, uh, the versatility. But, you know, if you don't, then stick with what, what got you there and keep doing it and, and force them to stop you. That's, I think that's the number one key. And I think Hassan Hoodle is really starting to do that. I'd uh, say, you know, this is what, how we're going to play. You need to stop us. And uh, it showed in that first, you know, opening, you know, 15, 20 minutes of the game that they were really taken to the Wolves. And Wolves uh, really were like, oh, okay, uh, what do we do here? And it took them a while to get into the game. Uh, so, you know, bravo for Hassan Hoodle for, you know, implementing that, you know, and over the last, you know, several games here. Yeah. So, I mean, starting off in the first half, Saints were outshot in both halves, but um, the, the possession stats were there. And I think just the, the, the fact that, that Ralph has the guys playing in a way that forces other teams to, to, to adjust and, and to find a way into the game a lot of times, I, th- I thought was really, really good. Um, I will say though that sometimes we don't create enough kind of clear goal scoring opportunities. And I yeah. think that is maybe somewhere where we are going to struggle. Danny Ings tends to find those instances and make the most of them. And I think that's something that we're really um, going to miss. If you give Ings that second chance, Ings is going to score that second chance that Walcott missed today. If you, yeah. if you give Ings that first chance that he had, he he's going, he's going to score there as well. And he probably finds a way to fashion himself uh, another chance. So I think maybe going forward, as, mu- as much as I-, I love Theo Walcott, I'm so glad he got his his goal today. I think, you know, when I look back at that, at the game, that's maybe the one that we should have had. But they had so many shots and McCarthy had to come up big so many times that maybe we should just be happy with the point, um, which I guess we can kind of get into uh, right right now. Um but I guess just right from the beginning, McCarthy came up uh, kind of with back-to-back saves uh, right there. But um, I guess, let's talk a little bit about it because I've been critical of McCarthy a little bit in terms of his distribution. I, I don't think he passes the ball well, um, and that is frustrating. But coming up with shots, uh, coming up and stopping shots like he did today, coming up big for us, I think uh, this is uh, 
this is not abnormal of him at this time. And I think that's kind of what you need if, uh, if you're going to find a way to win games sometimes. Yeah, you know, the goalkeeper position is so underrated sometimes, and I don't understand why because, you know, it's hard for them. There are some, some parts of the game that they're not having any action whatsoever or they get, you know, small uh, crosses they can, they can easily snag out, nag out of, snag out of the air. Uh, but, you know, at times they have to stop these amazing shots that get on them because the defense will break down. It's bound to happen unless you have a freaking um, historical defense. You're going to break it down at some point. And so the goalie has to come up big in those situations. And McCarthy has been doing it, you know, pretty brilliantly. And, and this game in particular has some, uh, you know, point blank saves, some long distance saves. Uh, he had to be on his toes and uh, he was he was ready. Like you said, you know, his distribution isn't that great, but he more than makes up for it with his reaction with his, some of these saves. And uh, if it's not for his saves, you know, this scoreline could be much different. Uh, and, I, and I think the team feeds off of it when he makes these big saves. And how could you not be? You know, you get motivated. Your goalkeeper is going out of his way to make these amazing saves. As a defense and as a midfield, as a team in general, you should just get pumped up and want to do everything you can for him so he doesn't have to face that many shots. Because he's going out of his way to do what he can to win the game. So that makes you just want to say, you know what, I'm going to go through, go through a wall for this guy to get, uh, to get, get some points for, for our team. Yeah, I think the, he made saves all the way through this game. And I think that's kind of the key is that it wasn't just one instance when he came up with, with these saves. But yeah. um, if you kind of track them, they're, they're all the way spread throughout the game. And, um, you know, I think the, uh, he had a double save early. Uh, he mm-hmm. came up, he saved from a, from a header, from a free kick. And that's something that we actually did. Uh, we're not great at today. We gave away a lot of fouls around uh, in dangerous positions and Wolves were kind of finding ways to create chances out of them. Um, I think Jimenez was offside once. He, and Jimenez didn't have a great game, which I think is, you know, the, one of the reasons that we were able to, to, to pull it out. But, you know, McCarthy had to save from a, a potent kind of flick header um, he had to save a, a couple of other times, uh, just shots that were not mistakes. They weren't the miss hit or anything like that. They were legitimate, uh, you know, well-placed or well-struck shots. And, um, the one that he didn't, sh- wasn't able to stop, you know, I don't think there was anything you could do about it because Jimenez once again, did, did get it, managed to get his foot on it, uh, struck it well, came off the post and then the rebound, I think it was Neto was there to, yeah, uh, yeah. to, to bury it home. And we just kind of fell, fell asleep. But, um, you know, I, I think he kept us in the game early, even though we had been the better team in terms of possession, things like that. Uh, we just hadn't created enough chances. And and to to have that happen, because I think you, you, we've all seen it, where we are, we're, we're playing well, we just haven't created a chance yet, or we haven't put away a chance yet. And then, um, you know, the other team comes down the other end and scores with their first chance, and that never go, that never feels good. That never goes well. And so to, uh, to, to have McCarthy just keep us in the game and keep, like you said, the... Uh, the momentum and the enthusiasm from the guys keep it up. I think that does help uh, quite a bit. So uh, I'm pretty, pretty happy with his performance um, today. Um, let's talk really quickly. Armstrong had a chance. Armstrong, once again, I thought was, was played well, um, but he did have a chance probably should have having gotten by the defender and gotten to the ball probably should have scored. But, but yeah. what, what did you make of that chance? And uh, it was one of those things again, where we just hope that it doesn't come back to, to haunt us. Yeah, and, and that's always the thing, right? Because uh, whenever you get a great opportunity, like you said, the football gods, the way they work is, you know, if you have missed a great opportunity, a great opportunity to come back the other way. Uh, but I thought he did well to, to get himself a, uh, the space to get a shot off, and I, I just I was just hoping he could, you know, keep the ball down and, and get it accurate. Unfortunately, it didn't go in, but, um, you know, 
being able to create those opportunities is so important. And like you said, when, when the team's not creating that many chances, any chance you create, you need to really, you know, capitalize on. Um, and while he didn't do that, I thought, you know, just, just to get the, the opportunity, create the, the chance, um, went a long way. And that's good for him, good for his confidence as well. Um, and we need to find some ways to uh, muster up these, uh, these, uh, these chances, especially when Ings is not around. We need, someone's need to step up and try to get some goals. So at least to see him uh, doing that was, it was a positive sign. Yeah, yeah. Um, l- let's talk a little bit about, about the goal. I don't know if you want to kind of walk me through um, what, you, what you were thinking as the uh, as Saints were in the build-up to their goal. Um, I kind of thought the chance had gone a little bit, but then Adams kind of resurrected himself, and I don't know what Semedo was doing. He Maybe he was trying to go <laughs> brush uh, Janapo off of him again, but, um, he was not Mark. He was, he went, he went very Cedric like at the back yeah. post. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just before this goal happened, you know, probably you know, for the 10, 20 minutes before that, it was pretty much wolves that were in possession and, and then Southampton started getting to the, keeping the possession a little bit more, uh, taking back some of that possession, uh, and slowly building the game, kind of really sucking the life out of, of, out of wolves by keeping the ball. And eventually, uh, they started breaking down the defense, uh, for the wolves. The ball ended up getting to Adams. It, it gets blocked, whatever. Uh, he he sticks with it. He crosses across the pitch, and I don't know where Tomato was, but uh, brilliant play by Adams. I didn't see that coming when he was going for that ball. Uh, and so to have the foresight to to see someone on the back post, and then you know obviously Theo uh, Walcott doing great to put it away. It's never easy to get a tap in like that, especially when the ball is put in with pace the way Che Adams did. Um, but I thought his you know Che Adams really was you know his stick to itiveness really created that goal and Walcott being in the right place, the right time, I put it away. Uh, I, it was, I'm happy. I was happy for him, like you said. And uh, the, the fact that the way the Saints kind of built up that play leading up to the goal was, you know, was something because I think it, it almost put, it almost lulled them to sleep just enough where they could, you know, take the action and, and get that goal away. So I was, I was ecstatic to see that play happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really good for, for Walcott to also get a goal I think that will do well for his confidence and I think you know across Saints fan bases I think I think most fans want him to to do well and are yeah. happy that he's home and my mind is has changed on that um initially I didn't want him um and I I said that and then I've been ha- very happy with how he's played and I've also been uh you know I think he's going to be a good influence on on some of the players that are around uh, I do want to say I just saw some news while we're talking that Redmond apparently is injured, said to be out for seven to 10 days. So that is coming from the Southampton page, which is one of the partners of the show. So I will, I will trust that they have read up on that. That is all I have on that. And, and I'm sure people will have more information than I, than we do as we sit here and record, uh, not that long after, after the final whistle. So, um, we'll, we'll hope that he's all right. And maybe that will explain it. Cause that's better than the alternative where he's just had yeah. a falling out with Ralph. So, um, you know, there we go. But I think, you know, if we, if we move forward to Walcott's second chance, um, mm-hmm. you know, and to me, when I look at, at what happened on Monday night, the, the Armstrong miss and, and the Walcott miss, like those are, that could be the difference between, you know, b- being in a, in a European place or, or being in 10th place, you know, like that's, th- those are the, the goals that you kind of have to, if everything's going right, those go in. Um, and today we didn't take the chances. We still managed a point, and so we'll, we'll take it. But um, I would eventually like to see us take care of those, um, which I, I, I think I probably speak for everybody when I say that. Yeah, no, and, and it showed how much we missed Danny Ings, right? Because like you said earlier, Danny Ings would have, would have you know, nailed that in the back of the net. No questions asked. I would have been celebrating before he took a shot. Um, but 
you know, Theo Walker coming down, he's historically never been comfortable in these kind of situations. And when he took the shot, you know, I'm thinking, you know, surprise the keeper, go short side. Uh, he went, he tried to go across the body, tried to go far side, didn't work out. You know, uh, Patricio did, did well to, to, to get big, but, you know, you're on a breakaway. You need to put those away. If you're, if you're on a top level, um, He's been around the block too, so he should he should have this experience to be able to put the, a ball like this on a breakaway away, and he didn't do that. And I and I like you like just like you, I felt okay. This is not going to go well. We need to start putting another one away, get that insurance goal in, because they obviously have a lot of manpower. And, and with Raul Jimenez, he is a very talented striker. And you give him enough opportunities, he's going to create something. Uh, so that was my big worry when I saw that get missed. I'm like, come on, Theo, get that yeah. second goal, get that brace. Yeah, yeah, it just it would have been would have been fantastic had it happened, but you know, it just not 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 the day. But still, uh, we we do manage to, uh, uh, to to walk away with a point, which I think we would have taken had had you just given us a point to the beginning of the day. I think we all would have taken it. But um, Agreed. Agreed. we have a couple of questions, and based on, I, I think we've covered. I mean, there wasn't honestly a lot to to, to dissect in the game. I don't think because just no, match. Yeah, and, and you know I'm mostly happy with with the players. I I think with Janapo, I could have like I said there were a couple of times where I I do worry about Bertrand getting exposed when Janapo plays in front of him simply because the the fluidity isn't quite there between the two of them and and yeah. I, and I I wonder or I worry about us getting caught in, in possession. Um, actually, before we jump to the questions, I do want to say, um, Saints did not get pick up a yellow card today, um. Ruben Neves got one. Troyore got one. I thought we had a number of fouls that maybe we should have been carded yeah. for. <laughs> I um, but I, I just wanted, I think it was Andre Mariner was the, was, was in charge and, and Wolves actually fouled us more times than we fouled them. But I thought that we looking at the, at the kind of run of this, um, it looks like we have one, two, three, four, five, maybe six or seven fouls on Troyore um, alone. And I think that was definitely something that we were, you know, afraid of, of that. But I mean, does that defensive kind of frailty or do you, do you think that, I guess, do you think the referee managed the match well, well enough? Or do you think that there, there were times when maybe we should have been carded or other things should have happened? I mean, I definitely think we should have been carded as much as we were going after the Troyore, like you said. Couple of those plays are a little iffy, and I was surprised, and no, no cards were given. So I think you got to give credit to the referee. He tried to keep the flow of the game going, even though there wasn't much of a flow. Like, like we said, you, know, you get two, two fantastic managers here with Nuno and and Hassan Hoodle. It was always going to be a chess match in this kind of game, and uh, you, you, it felt like two heavyweights almost go, trying to go at it and trying to fill each other out. Uh, and so the referee, despite the flow not being super great, he tried to keep it going. Uh, and yeah, there was there's still fouls in the game, but two yellows overall is, is not bad. Um, and I got to give them credit for that because sometimes you get referees that you know, they get they go on power trips and give everyone on the pitch a yellow card or something. Yeah. Uh, and I'm glad it wasn't that kind of game because those games are really hard to watch because it's stop and start. At least the game kept the, the time going, and, and, and the game didn't seem as long as you know other games that we've seen where you get you know ten minutes of stoppage time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I would I would have thought that early on, first first thing when Benderek missed that clearance. Um, yeah. and, and Ramey had to come in and, and commit the foul. I thought, well, there's the yellow card and we'll watch him play the rest of it, you know, because we, we keep talking about how he doesn't have a red and he just was like, well, he's gonna have to walk this fine line. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, he only committed, I think one other foul, the whole, the whole, the whole match, but everybody else kind of just chipped in and, 
and uh, you know, hack down Troyer whenever we could, which I think I, I think I'll take if that's going to prevent him from running by everybody. Um, so so yeah, and then the the other thing I wanted to say is that there were a couple of times when people were on the ground where people weren't given fouls. I think Walcott wasn't given a foul. I want to say, uh, you know, Jimenez was down and we played on. We had a man down, they played on. And that's the kind of stuff that I understand it happens, but you don't normally see it. I think a lot of times uh, we've been accused of being too nice. And I think Ward Prowse turned around and saw Jimenez uh, down on the ground from a perfectly acceptable challenge by, by Bertrand. It wasn't uh, violent at all. Um, and, you know, we switched the ball to the other side and, and continued to play. And then when, when Walcott was kind of fouled and we played kind of a loose, uh, I think Romeo played a loose square pass towards, um, towards Janapo or Bertrand and, and Traore pounced on it. Um, that was one of the ones where I think we, we wound up fouling him again, or maybe he, he shot it and went out of bounds. That might've been that time. But those, those kind of instances, I, I always kind of wonder if the referee, what the referee is supposed to do. Um, you know, and, and I feel like although there were only 14 and 13 fouls given overall, I feel like there were a lot of other instances where fouls probably should have been given, but it, like you said, the, the game flowed. So I'm not sure I'm really complaining other than, um, I guess it's just not what I'm used to seeing. Yeah, and I, I, I think also in that uh, Armstrong opportunity early in, in the game, um, he fouled his man and kept the play kept going. Referee didn't blow anything, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm glad they didn't call that because we had an opportunity to score a goal there. Uh, so yeah, at times it's a, you know sometimes the referee's going to pull that trigger just too quick, uh, but the fact that he let them play a little bit more and see if they're really hurt because you can always go back if if they are hurt mm-hmm. or if it is a, something you see a foul, let it play out and then you go back and give a card. So I, I think he did okay job for. In terms of refereeing, you know, we've seen some pretty bad ones yeah. this year so far overall, but I think he did fairly well. Well, at least he wasn't making it about him, right? It wasn't uh, exactly it wasn't the Mike Dean show. Mike Dean was not was not <laughs> playing the game and didn't have the eight PM kickoff on a on, on a Monday. Oh, Mike. Um. Anyway, so we got a couple of questions from Al Capone one five six. Uh, we'll start with one that I think we will we'll smile about, and it says like, "How great was was McCarthy today?" And we've talked about it a little bit, but um. I guess for you, we've come to expect saves from him. Um, did he do anything else today that impressed you? Or was it just, uh, I, th- I think he has the highest rating on who scored. I don't know if he got man of the match or not, because I never uh, stick around long enough to, to see if that's the case. But, um, you know, what did you make of his performance overall? Uh, overall, it was a great performance. Like you said, he's probably a man of the match, you know, considering some big saves he made. He kept the defense in line as well, kept them on their toes, you know, and trying to organize them when they were, getting broken down at, at times. So uh, overall, he, you know, I thought he was a good leader on the pitch there. And uh, um, yeah, you can't say anything more about him. He just, uh, what, what big saves he had. I mean, amazing saves that really kept the team in there. And, and if anyone earned a point in this game, it was him. So yeah, uh, definitely kudos to him. Uh, we got another one coming in from Instagram from Mark underscore Rossi underscore says, can we finish top six uh, this season? You know, so uh, before the season, um, I forget who it was. I was asking what the predictions were going to be for, for Saints, what they're going to finish this year. And I said, you know what? They're going to finish in a European spot. Uh, that was, that was, that's what I, and I went on a limb and said, you know, I think the team is good enough. I saw how the team played last year, and I thought we can build off of that. We, I knew the pieces that we had, so the moves that we made. I'm like, you know what? If Ings can perform the way he did last year or better, uh, we're going to do some good things. Uh, and, you know, finishing top six, I'm going to say, yeah. I said we can. I mean, there's a lot of there's really good teams this year. Some teams that came out that we didn't even expect to be good this year, uh, Everton, Aston Villa. But um, I think I think a team can finish top six. Uh, it's all about keeping Mister uh, Number Nine healthy, though. I think if he if he stays healthy for the you know for the remainder of the season, I think we're we got a great opportunity 
if he gets another injury, he gets it hurt his knee once again, it's going to be difficult to ask. Yeah. And he, I think he's supposed to be back sometime in December, um, probably a little later than, than earlier. So, um, you know, fingers crossed that everything's going well. Um, and that when he comes back, he's fully fit and, and doesn't re-injure yeah. it right away, you know? Um, but I don't, I can't remember the exact timetable for him, uh, supposed to be coming back. Uh, and last question here also from Al Capone. Um, do the two misses sour the result for you? Um, and, and I'll say, I think I said it already, but a little bit for me, I was, you know, kind of kicking myself, um, looking at the chances we had, but then you kind of look at the, at the stats and the stats don't flatter us at all. Um, no. You know, an expected uh, goal. The aesthetics didn't flatter us either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I thought that that early on, you know, the, with the possession and and I think just the way that both teams were pressing, the game was actually fun to watch. There there weren't a lot of chances, but the it was entertaining. There was there were things were happening on the pitch. There were there were some fouls. There were some some good passages of play, and it was kind of just the final ball wasn't there for either team. Then McCarthy's forced to come up with a couple of big saves. Um, you know, Armstrong goes wide. So there were there were there were chances and, and, and everything else. And then I just kind of thought that at, by the end of it, the point was fair and maybe just maybe based on the number of shots they had versus the number of shots we had, maybe we were flattered a little bit to, to get out of there with a point. But I don't really think you could, you could argue with the fact that, that uh, we went in there and, and gave them a pretty good, gave them, gave them a pretty good fight. We just didn't take the couple of chances that we had. And, um, and then we had, we needed our goalkeeper to come up, which I think is part of, part of the game. Like the goalkeeper is part of the team that he has to, to, to play well sometimes in order for, for, <laughs> for the team to get points. Otherwise uh, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, no, I agree hundred percent. And you know, hindsight's always 2020 and, and you know, having the perspective later on, you realize, but you know, when those two misses happen, you're thinking, okay, great. This is, you know, the wolves, they have the attacking power. They're going to come back and it's going to come back to bite us. Watch. Uh, but the fact that we hung on, you know, obviously the, the goal that they had was a you know, great opportunity created. Um, nothing McCarthy could have done about that. But the team hung on there. And, and ultimately, like you said, I mean, the, the last, you know, several minutes of the game, it was almost one-way traffic because they kept trying to get that extra goal in. McCarthy was huge. And at the end of it, when the, when that, when the final whistle blew, I said, you know what? I'm happy with 1-1 draw. Um, you could watch in the game, it, it just like I said earlier, it felt like a heavyweight bout. Uh, two, two teams really trying to take it at each other. It wasn't. It wasn't super high flying by any stretch, but it was certainly entertaining uh, in terms of a, in a one-one game can be. So um, I'm 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 more than happy with one point here. Uh, like you said, going into the game, if you said we're getting one point, I've been ecstatic with that, and and I am I'm I'm not happy with it. Uh, we we remain unbeaten. Uh, we're still on the top end of the table, so uh, not much more you can ask. I mean, healthy healthy Ings would probably do a, a you know a good difference in the results, but. Uh, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You keep talking about heavyweight fights, and yeah, remember I'm a high school teacher, so I see a lot of one punch knockouts. Like before, we can get there in the hallway. So I, I don't, I don't understand these tactics. I just see wild swinging, a lot of little screaming, uh, some books in the air, things like that. Um, so it doesn't quite, doesn't quite hit home. Uh, but uh, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I think definitely the game today resembled more of a heavyweight bout than what I see in the hallway. So um, yeah, there, there it is. But I just want you to know, just thank you for, for taking the time to do this. I know it's late uh, for you and you got a family, you got two podcasts, you got a YouTube channel, you got a lot of stuff going on. So to take the time to, to come on here and, and, and talk about the, the match, um, I'm glad we at least got a point. And um, yeah, th- so th- thanks for coming on. Uh, if people want to follow you, they can do that at R underscore Carmen. 
you also have Syria sit down and the shock America podcast and links to all of those are in the show notes. So anybody out there has, um, you know, Syria interest or they're Shaka fans or they have family members who are or whatever, uh, send them that way. And, um, you know, it's just a pleasure to chat with you and I got to get you on again before it can't be two years removed this time. I, I'm all for it. Anytime I can come on and talk Saints, especially when they're playing well, I, I love it. I, I enjoy the show. I, you know, I love uh, listening. Congratulations again on episode 200 there. So uh, it's a fantastic. You've been, you've been doing this thing a lot longer than I am. You're much more polished than I am. So uh, thank you. Thank you for having me on. I, I really, really appreciate it. Uh, no problem. Uh, hopefully the, the people think this is polished. Uh, you have kind of seen a little bit behind the curtain tonight of what, the, what happens if I try <laughs> to do it, not before everybody's awake. Um, so hopefully, hopefully it's all right. And hopefully I didn't waste uh, too much of your time. So, uh, appreciate it. And, um, we'll, we'll have to do this again soon. Absolutely. And that does it for this week's episode of the Southampton delivery podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Richard Carmen. You can find him on Instagram and Twitter at R underscore Carmen. You can also get more from him at Syria Sit Down and Shalk America. And uh, I highly recommend you check both of those out if you have any interest in either Schalke, uh, which is a team at the bottom of the Bundesliga. I hate to like keep bringing that up, but um, they're at the bottom. And uh, also Syria Sit Down, which covers all of Syria uh, in some depth. Um, and well, so uh, check that out, especially if you're a Shaka fan, um, because they are tied to the team like directly, and they're the team at the bottom of the Bundesliga. So like, there's a connection. I don't know. Anyway, I'm just giving you a hard time. Uh, so sorry to the uh, Shaka fans that are my friends, kind of. This show has some incredible partners that I am truly humbled to work with. You can follow the Southampton page on Twitter at Southampton page. They will keep you up to date with everything that is going on at the club. And you can follow the Saints Archive on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And they will bring you up to date with uh, the things that have happened in the club's history. They will connect you with former players. And they will even help me interview some former players and uh, set up those interviews and then eventually bring them to you um, potentially over the holiday season. So do be on the lookout for those. And if you're not a member already, uh, get in there. You'll have some opportunities to ask questions and be involved in things like that. I would also like to mention that the Saints DSA is uh, doing a fundraiser. If you'd like to say thank you to the players and let them know how much we all miss them, uh, check out the link in the show notes to find out how to do that. And um, if you want to follow this show on Twitter or Instagram, you can do that. We are at SFCDELL underscore IVERY. Uh, and you can get everything at SouthamptonDelivery.com. So uh, once again, I just want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. If you are enjoying the show, please consider sharing it with a friend or potentially leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. I would very much appreciate that. We will be back next week. We got Michael Kern on the show after the United match. So uh, very much looking forward to having him back uh, to hear more about his upcoming book and, uh, you know, all about the boys of 76. That's enough for this week. We'll talk to you next time. And uh, until then, remember that together, we march on.